Have you ever heard the tale of the effortless archer? When the archer shoots for no particular price, he has all his skills. When he shoots to win a brass buckle, he is already nervous. When he shoots for a gold prize, he goes blind, sees two targets and is out of his mind. His skill has not changed, but the prize divides him. He cares. He thinks more of winning than of shooting and the need to win drains him of his power. You might be surprised to know that the teachings from this tale are supported by psychological research. Having goals and making progress gives us a sense of meaning and purpose resulting in long-term happiness. But being under pressure, placing our self-worth on our achievements and being concerned with constant winning can result in burnout. In this episode, achievement and happiness, I'm delighted to talk to Kath Bishop about redefining achievement and success. Kath is a leadership coach and author of The Long Win. She has an impressive background as a triple Olympian, Olympic rowing silver medalist and a former diplomat for the foreign office. And I'm Claudia Mitura, work psychologist and learning and development specialist, and you are listening to the brand new Series 3 of Unhappiness, which is a quest to explore the bold question, what makes us happy? Kath, welcome to Unhappiness. I am so excited uh, that you are joining us for Achievement and Happiness. Delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me, Claudia. Drawing on your very impressive careers as an Olympic rower and a conflict diplomat, what have you learned about achievement and success? I have been fascinated by this concept of success throughout my life, particularly with some different perspectives that came from each of those careers. Firstly, over 10 years of being an Olympic athlete and Olympic rower, I really had to work out what's the meaning of this journey? Why are we all chasing medals? Is there anything more than medals that we could gain from this? What's it really about? And of course, it's a world where you, it seems that it's all about who comes first. But actually, I realised over the course of three Olympics that I needed to broaden how I saw success to actually enable myself to get closer to a medal, but also to think about what that medal might mean beyond just being a piece of metal. So I really came up close. The first period of my Olympic career was not successful. I was chasing winning. I thought it was all about who's the toughest, strongest, meanest person who wanted to win. Most people talked about this will to win, but Actually, that doesn't make you go faster. It certainly doesn't make you feel very happy. And it doesn't really get you that growth, that sense of momentum of exploring, of living, really. So that really got me up close and personal with this question of what does success mean? In a very different world, diplomacy still brought me this question of what does success mean? Because here, actually, there was no clarity. There was no day on which everything's achieved. There's no day on which world peace will be achieved. So how do we in really messy environments find a way of understanding that we are moving in the right direction, that we have got some progress towards things that have a lasting value? And 
even within a lot of my work was negotiating very much the the bread and butter of diplomatic life and there the critical thing was going into a negotiation not how clever you are not whether you've got the best ideas not whether you've read all your history and culture and technical background documents but actually whether you have a sense of how you can move people to a win-win situation and move away from seeing success in a zero-sum game situation where I only win if you fail and if you get what you want, that's bad for me. And of course, in conflict situations, that's how we start. But a lot of our work was purely over time to move people towards seeing success as something that has a much broader outcome where everyone can gain, but we're part of something much bigger than if we're just competing to be pile of what's left at the end of the fighting, which is really just a pile of rubble. Wow, fascinating. So this idea for chasing for a medal and one winner to moving towards if we collaborate together, then we all win and we all gain. And this idea of growth. In your first book, The Long Win, you do speak quite a lot about the negative consequences of that win-at-all-cost approach. So what, what do you mean by that approach and what are those negative consequences? I think sport has shown us the win-at-all-costs. That's probably where we see it most obviously, this sense that on, on the road to trying to win a medal, a gold medal, trying to be the best in the world, any cost is okay because that leads us down a route that might lead to doping. It might lead to all sorts of abuse. It might lead to poor mental health outcomes. If we think that anything is okay in the pursuit, then our ethical boundaries fly out of the room. We also start to narrow success actually down to something that's very short-lived and very short-term. So winning a medal, I mean, you cross the line, that lasts a second. You stand on the podium, that probably lasts a minute, maybe two minutes. But, But then what? If we narrow this sense that it's all about just that outcome, that result, we lose the value of the journey that leads to the result and we lose the value of what that result represents thereafter. And those are the things that last for a much longer period of time. And if we're not looking at investing in that experience on the way to pursuing a gold medal and the relevance, the meaning, the connections that it has for you when you step off the podium, we find ourselves in a very empty place. I think we all see the stories now of people who've won, who've got that brilliant moment on top of the podium, and yet they say they feel empty, depressed, not like celebrating. It's an anticlimax, maybe a bit of relief, but very little joy and something has gone wrong when you have been thinking that this moment is going to mean your life's okay forever. Because what they realise is they stand on the podium and think, "Mm, I've got the same character flaws I had two hours ago. Is the rest of my life now sorted? No, of course it's not. So it takes us out of perspective as well, this obsession with winning. It actually holds us back and it doesn't help us get to the podium either because it stops us identifying the things that keep the improvement, the growth and the joy in what we do, which are all key performance enhancers that are legal. Yes, and you know, I've never been in a competitive sport myself, but I can really relate to this in terms of this idea that if I achieve that, then I will be happy. But then, as you said, you kind of really rush through that journey. You achieve something that you think definitely will give you that happiness. And actually, 
you happy for the split seconds and then oh what now I'm still myself as you said with my flaws with my issues with my problems and actually okay what's next and then we move the goal and we think okay if I just do this then I definitely will be happy and it kind of repeats itself and it's a little bit of a vicious circle that sometimes can really also result in a burnout so I love the fact that in your book, you very much proposing redefining that success and achievement. You telling us, hey, everyone, there is a different recipe. We can concentrate of different components of achieving. What are these components? Exactly. So it's really important to say that I'm not against trying to do our best. I'm not against trying to achieve a medal, but that medal needs to have a framework around it, a framework of meaning, of purpose, of growth, and of human connection. So I propose this three C's framework of clarity, constant learning and connection. So that as we pursue our excellence and push our boundaries and and see what's possible, we do it because it's got some bigger meaning that goes beyond a medal. What is it that we're going to gain that's going to be with us? So we're clarifying what matters beyond the medal. Why do we feel the need to win a medal? What is it? Because sometimes there we're driven by some almost limiting motivations. I, I think I need this to justify how good I am. And as soon as we're relying on that intrinsic motivation... Actually, we're limiting our performance. We're limiting resilience. We're limiting creativity. We actually want to be tapping much more into the sense, the intrinsic motivation of purpose. What does this medal signify? Is it going to help me to play a role in changing women's sport in society? Is it going to help me become a role model for a healthy life? Is it going to help me to support the next generation or coming through? What's the communities that are going to benefit from being part of my performance? So, you know, really defining what matters in terms of how we go about it and that sense of what does that that medal mean thereafter. And when I came back after two very unsuccessful Olympics, a psychologist asked me a very, very helpful question. He said, "Okay, so you're going to go for a third time. Tell me, what are you going to gain if you don't win a medal? And I I still thought, my God, that's a terrible question to ask. How can you even think of that? It's heresy. But actually, it released me to think about, my goodness, there is so much I can gain here in terms of understanding how to work in a team, in terms of understanding myself better, my own limiting beliefs, you know, my own barriers, my own capability of learning how to look after myself to recover so that I can have another go and and make it to another Olympics, of understanding that sort of more sustainable resilience, of developing my mindset, of developing relationships that have a meaning beyond a medal. So we have a purpose and growth that idea of a really meaningful, positive purpose combined with learning. Yeah, so the constant learning piece, it sits, you know, when you look across the literature of how to develop your resilience, actually how to kind of keep your performance going, you know, how to lead. We're in a world where there are no answers that are easy anymore. So we need to keep learning, adapting. My goodness, we've had to adapt sort of through the pandemic all the time. That in itself is success, this sense of us just constantly growing. Sports psychology teaches us that really it's the athletes that improve most that have the best 
opportunity to win. So let's not obsess about winning in the future because that's out of our control. It's going to depend on all sorts of factors we can't control. But to give us the best chance, let's just focus in on improving. Success is improving from one day to the next. And if we win a race, well, do you know what? We need to learn things so that we can make our next race even better. And if we lose a race, do you know what? It's the same. We want to learn how to go fast next time, regardless of the result. So we start to distance ourselves from the results and focus in on each time, what am I learning? So we create a constant path of improvement. I mean, it's not in a straight line. It has ups and downs, but we're always looking to learn and take something. And we don't go on this massive roller coaster that the results can give us that's often out of our control where everything's great if we win and everything's terrible if we lose. That's exhausting. It's draining. It's not good for sustainable performance over time. So learning gives us that opportunity that even when things don't go well, do you know what? We can still gain something and create that personal growth momentum that will take us on to the next time that we have an opportunity to compete or to train or to learn whatever the next kind of challenge or opportunity is. Mm, I absolutely love this idea of journey and learning because even in the most kind of challenging situations we can always learn but I guess in the pressure in that specific moment we might be forgetting that okay I'm learning because it's painful and we're trying to escape this naturally and what about connections because positive relationships having that support network isn't that important when it comes to our achievements Exactly. So the third C of the long win is connection. And in in both the sports world, we would never dream of racing as a crew, you know, competing as a team without understanding each other at a much deeper level. Not just that we all want to win or we all want to go fast, but actually exploring our motivations. Why is that important to us? You know, what's our makeup? That What are our strengths, our weaknesses, our drivers, our hopes, our fears? We would always connect because if we're going to be able to work as a team under pressure, we need to have connected at that deeper level. In a different world, in the diplomacy, I loved the fact there that our whole business was around relationships. We would plan influencing. We would evaluate how we're developing relationships because that's the only way we could get things done. But actually, in all our jobs, it's the only way we can get things done. None of us can succeed on our own. So why don't we put that up front? Give it the importance that it should have rather than allowing tasks and and projects and all the things that get listed on our electronic calendar and on meeting agendas to be the dominant factors because all of those need to be achieved and implemented and carried out through people. So it's prioritizing the connections first. And when we think about the day ahead or when we're reviewing the day we've just had, don't just think about, did I do everything? What have I got to get through? But think about who am I gonna meet today? How can I influence them? How can I get to find out more about them? How can I understand something more about their perspective on the issue that we have in common? Those are the things that we should be looking for as objectives, if you like, on a daily basis, not just trying to tick uh, things off on a to-do list. Okay, so we have the purpose, we have the growth and constant learning, and we have the connection with people uh, and building those relationships. So you've mentioned when you were um, going for the third time for the medal, you decided to do it differently. And do I assume correctly that you were trying to apply the long win? And if yes, what difference have that made to you? How did that improve your happiness? 
So it changed the experience completely. I had been very unhappy and I'd had poor results and I had definitely felt that I had not achieved what I was capable of, my potential. And so for me, shifting some of those indicators of success meant that I was thinking, well, yeah, I'm a long way off being able to, to kind of get to a medal standard, but I'm gaining something every day. I'm gaining something that I'll take with me from this journey. You know, I, I'm moving forward, even though I don't know yet if I'm going to win a medal or not. You know, everything didn't hang on that one day. Each day had value. There were hugely frustrating days, of course, but actually those were days where, you know, I was testing myself. I was learning things. So this picture of success became one that wasn't about just the day of the medal. It stretched out beyond that to think about what, what does my journey towards trying to achieve a medal, what, what will it offer me thereafter when I go on to this diplomatic career or whatever else may come later in life? And it stretched it back to today. What makes today a successful day when it's not about outcomes, when I'm not going faster than the rest of the world? What can I do today? And so it gave me that sense, a purposeful day where I had learned something, where I'm moving forward, where I'm gaining all of these things that are useful, yes, in this pursuit of excellence in sport, but also useful thereafter. How that concept of concentrating on that intrinsic motivations can be useful in our maybe goal setting and daily achievements and work achievements? We always seem to be obsessed with measuring things. So we need to be very careful about what we measure because that often sets us up for failure in this, in this world and sets us up then for failed happiness, if you like, because we think, oh, if I can do this, we suspend the happiness to the future to a point that may never come, hugely unlikely to come. We can't control if we get there or not. I mean, that's just kind of crazy. It's about redefining success on our own terms. Sometimes they're small wins, but they're really important. So being careful about that language of winning and how we use it and what we use it for. So that we're really thinking about, yes, success in, a, in some broader criteria, you know, really about how we turn up and the mindset we bring to the work we do, the, the behaviours, the relationships on a daily basis. These are things within our control. So let's optimise those, let's maximise those, and then let's draw the, the sense of fulfilment that comes from that, that gives us, you know, all the time we're investing in the experience we have and the experience that we create for others who are working with us or, or on this journey with us. So we're giving ourselves some different things that we are measuring, if you like. We're creating some meaningful measures that are more about qualitative metrics, if you like, than quantitative. It's not just how many things we've done today. It's not just how many medals we win. It's how we go about it. It's the quality of the relationships, the quality of the interactions I've had today in my meetings, not just whether we got through the agenda items and had action points at the end of it, but actually, did I connect with people? Did I really listen to them? Did I actually build a relationship that's going to last beyond the project we're on at the moment? Those are the things that I want us to kind of think about so that we look at the quality of what we do, not just the quantity of ever trying to do more and more and more. So instead of thinking what I want to achieve, also very much thinking about how am I going to achieve it with purpose, with connection, uh, with that growth. What about when we are under pressure and we are in a situation when external circumstances are pressurizing us to achieve? What's then? That's when it's most important to reconnect to the deeper level. 
because that's what will help you to get through those short-term external pressures. They're coming from outside. They are external. They're at a level that doesn't really stir us deeply. It puts pressure on us for sure. But if at that moment we can go deeper inside ourselves to that intrinsic sense of, you know, mastery and autonomy and purpose that I know why I'm on this journey and I want to manage this pressure because although it's unpleasant, it, it's part of something that matters to me long term then I can draw on a greater source of creativity and resilience to get through that pressured moment. So when the external piece comes at us, that's when we must go even more to the internal in order to manage it and withstand it and move on beyond it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so always remembering about the long win, even in the moments when we have all these conflicting pressures. A final question, any final practical steps or tips that you would like to share with the listeners? So this, th- this can be done in lots of very small ways and, you know, set some small goals in terms of the how you know, actually making sure each day you're thinking, you know, if you have a to-do list, it's okay as an organizing tool, but make sure you add some of the hows onto it. So what's my quality of listening today? What's the way that I'm connecting with others? How am I developing those relationships? Start to bring that into the way we do things. Be conscious of your language. Are you outcome obsessed? We've got to challenge that. Don't be outcome obsessed. Live, you know, what's happening today? What's the growth? What's the progress we make today? Don't wait for some outcome that's in the future that depends on so many things beyond our control. Actually, the best way to get there is to maximize progress today. So understand and define on your own terms what success looks like today that isn't purely determined by future outcomes. And think about how today connects to what really matters, that sense of purpose in the longer term. Thank you, Kath. I definitely going to be rewriting my to-do list and uh, my uh, New Year's resolutions in the aspect of how with those three elements of the long win. Thank you so much for sharing your journey and uh, tips with us. Great to be with you. Thanks a lot. Wow, what a fantastic conversation with Kath Bishop. As a result of our discussion, I implemented three practical ideas when it comes to achievement. One, I thought very hardly about my personal growth. That is, I was embarking on a quite tough challenge and I was already dreading it, getting anxious. And actually, I realized that it would be much better to spend my energy on listing three things that I would like to learn as a part of this experience. Despite the outcomes, whether I will fail or exceed, doesn't matter. What is it that I'm going to learn? And you know what? I felt immediately less anxious. Secondly, I concentrate on one difficult relationship in my life. So instead of trying to avoid it, I actually decided that this particular week I'm going to concentrate on enhancing it. So I asked myself lots of questions such as how can I support that person? How can I build more in-depth relationship with them? How can I show my kindness towards them? And again, it's still work in progress, but I feel like we moved an inch. And a final one, I set some positive intentions. Specifically, I was working with I remain calm under pressure. And I was very surprised to actually find out that those positive statements have positive neurological effect on our brain. 
So by repeating our intentions, we actually stimulate specific brain regions to release brain chemicals, neurotransmitters, that make us feel happy and joyful and also help us to remain positive and optimistic. Thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed Achievement and Happiness, I'll be eternally grateful if you could share the show with others and review it. And in the next episode of And Happiness, we are talking about balance and happiness. What does it mean to be off balance and how to find more balance in daily life? I see you next time. And in the meantime, I dare you to be happy. <laughs>